Welcome back to the podcast, episode number four. What's going on, Adam? Not much, bro. Just chilling. Beautiful Just chilling. day. Yeah. Um, to be inside, I guess, <laughs> doing a podcast. Uh, no, um, I mean, new stuff in the in the jiu-jitsu world and in the life world, um, which I guess we'll get into today. Uh, last episode, we, we spoke a little bit about good instructors, bad instructors, good gyms, bad gyms, uh, things to look out for. So if that interests you, go back and have a listen to that. But otherwise today, um, we're talking a little bit about team separation, conflict between teams uh, and students and instructors. More recently, the more um, that happened not long ago was the separation of the Denher Death Squad was the more recent team news outbreak. But so this, isn't, this isn't a new story, is it? Seems like a bit of a history is repeating itself, which that's something that I learned of yourself, Adam. I, being a, a fairly new white belt to the sport, the Danaher Death Squad has always been like the number one team. Yeah. But after speaking with you sort of around the time that it was announced and it all sort of was falling apart and all going down, it was it was sort of, you know, history repeating itself. Man, like teams split up all the time. Uh, we'll... We can talk a little bit more specifically about the the Danaher Death Squad also because I want to hear your thoughts. I believe you have, you know, no, I mean the, the nitty-gritty details are, aren't super important because… Inside information. <laughs> yeah, you've got a little bit of inside information but, you know, you could read one Instagram post from mm. whoever, Gary Tonin, and it might conflict another Instagram post from John Danaher. Like, that's, you know, that's just, so funny <laughs> that you mentioned Gary because ironically at uh, the time of this recording <laughs> – He's the only team member that hasn't said oh, a really? fucking, he hasn't said a word. Yeah, he hasn't right. had a peep. Yeah. He just keeps posting on his Instagram of his uh his spicy Instagram, raunchy chicks and, and what have you. <laughs> I mean, for me, like any information I've heard about it is is just whatever's been yeah, online. I mean, I, d- I don't know any of those athletes, students, instructors personally. You know, yeah. like I've met Craig due to the fact that we're both in the jiu-jitsu scene in Australia yeah. and, you know, he, he visited the the gym that I'm out of in Brazil. So, um, you know, but I, it's not like I talk to him or anything. I don't really know him personally. So I've only heard what other what's people public. have heard. Yeah, what's, yeah. you know, public information. And, you know, reading anything online, you've got to take it with a grain of salt because it's usually, particularly if you're looking at social media Posts like it's it's always coming from one particular individual's point of view. Yeah, and it's what they want you to know. So, in a nutshell, Danaher in his original posts that he posted on twenty fifth of July, he basically cited the team splitting up for four reasons. First was the fact that they can't agree on the location of their new school. The second one was a personality conflict between members. Nothing specific was said. Third point was a value conflict between members. And fourth, which I personally think is the most significant, was that the Danaher Death Squad as a brand, it's basically a conflict between the Danaher Death Squad as a brand itself and individual members of the Death Squad and their personal brands that are growing. So that to me... That's just talking business. That is purely money. That's, that is the that is where the crux of it is. That's the elephant in the room. This whole split up is to do with money. My personal take on it, um, and 
you know, this could be completely don't, don't, wrong. Don't you have a YouTube video talking I about do, your, but this, this your actually, opinion on this, this, uh, this shameless plug to my, <laughs> my friend across the table here? Yeah, yeah. So I did do a video on this like the day after it was announced, but there's so much more information even now that's come out. And by the time that this podcast hits the streets, this is probably old. But honestly, I think the whole thing is to do with money. I think that it, it's a strategy or a ploy to – not get rid of, but sort of lay to rest the name Danaher Death Squad. And I think the key players, Danaher and Gordon Ryan, they're going to keep pursuing what they were already going to be pursuing, but without the the name associated with it. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I would agree with you. It could be old news, new news, the, the team splitting up, it's irrelevant. The, there's some repeating factors as to why teams split up. I mean, you mentioned the, the the four reasons. I would say you could almost ignore the first three. The yeah. main reason teams split up is is that fourth reason. But um, yeah, hundred percent. But, but, but before we before we venture off the Danaher Death Squad, and you know, because I could already tell you reasons that they have split up or why they would have in the future, just based on the name, which mm. we'll go. I'll explain a little bit. But um, just before we move off from the Danaher squad specifically and just talk about team conflict and team separation, I don't want to name any names, but, you know, you have some some slight inside um, information. I am just curious, though, like the first thing you said was one of the reasons was because they couldn't decide on the location. Mm. But, I, but I'm confused. Didn't they just open a new school in Puerto Rico? No, so they haven't. They they didn't actually open the school in Puerto Rico. Now, the whole location thing is where everyone's tunnel visioning or everyone is in like after the announcement, the first like 24 hours or 48 hours after the announcement, everyone was like, oh, it's location, location, location. The reason being is, yes, they just moved to Puerto Rico and it was the first point that Danaher made in the post so you know people psychologically are uh, tunnel visioning into that but i don't think that's really the biggest issue because i mean if location was the biggest concern then it would have been a concern before they moved to puerto rico so they effectively now forgive me my history is a little bit off on this but they went from new york city to puerto rico during the height of covid back in 2020 start of 2020 when it was really hitting uh, New York City very, very hard, you know, all the restrictions are locked down. So they just, they bugged out. They went to Puerto Rico. But it's my understanding that they were in talks at that point to leave New York City regardless. So they, yeah, they were right. looking to leave uh, and they're looking at Texas way back then. So I don't really think that location is the biggest, the primary concern. If you Right, will. okay. I just don't. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't follow the the jujitsu media you know 200 percent and read every single article and instagram post you know so i i was just under the assumption that they they moved to puerto rico already like i thought they moved there to establish a new school i mean i guess now that you're saying it it makes sense that they moved to get out of new york while it was really bad there you know like you know being from Alliance and from Fabio, like I would often, Fabio and I would often, you know, talk about how Marcelo was going and that the, you know, his school was closed. Um, Marcelo himself was in pretty much self quarantine for ages because of, you know, he didn't want to go out. He's got kids and his family and everything. So, you know, and then obviously 
on the Australian scene outside of Craig, you've got Levi who often lives in New York training at Unity. Um, you know, he was, I think he went back to New York after things started lifting, but you know, same sort of deal, right? It was really rough in New York. I think it was at one point, essentially the epicenter of COVID oh, in the yeah. US, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely yeah. was. Yeah. They got hit very hard. Yeah. Um, okay. So they were always planning to move from yeah, Puerto Rico back to the US once COVID settled down. That's my understanding. Yeah. Like it wasn't super public, um, but I believe that the, 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 the whole Puerto Rico thing was always meant to be temporary. Right. Um, I do want to make a, a just a, a funny little side note on the, the death squad split up. And <laughs> I was talking to Fabio yesterday um, and we were just talking about the, the death squad breakup and he kind of said, yeah, well, is it really considered a team breakup when the team consists of six dudes? Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, if you look, um, if you look at the moment, all the posts where people are making memes of like sad faces with the team split up, it's like a photo of like five, six dudes, you know, don't get me wrong. That's five, six incredibly talented dudes. But, (laughs) but, you know, I just thought it was funny that Fabio said that he was like, well, can you really like, is it really a team if it's six dudes, you know, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to debate whether it is or not. I thought it was just quite a humorous comment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fabio. Yeah. So in terms of like team dynamics, like I mentioned in the outset, this this is the first big thing to really rock the jiu-jitsu world in my sort of jiu-jitsu lifespan so far. You mean in the last 11 months? Yeah, in the last 11 <laughs> months, man. Come off it. <laughs> White belts unite. Yeah. But yeah, so this is like the – you know, the big thing, like I mentioned in a couple episodes ago, I, th- I think like, you know, the whole Gordon Ryan, Craig Jones, those names are the, the big names that I knew from day one. So effectively yeah. the, the death squad. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, I'll split up, no more. Yeah. So this this is a new thing though in jiu-jitsu space. Yeah. Well, look, I'll tell you the, the first problem with the brand or the name, and this is a problem that a lot of unsuccessful jiu-jitsu teams or gyms make, which is naming the gym after yourself or putting a name in the title. So I don't think this was intentional. Like I believe in an interview years ago, you know, Danaher was saying that it wasn't intentional that that was the name of his squad, right? Like it just, I believe it happened organically. It was a nickname and then became the name, right? Um, but I'll give you an example of what happens, right? When you name a gym or a team and you put your name in the title, you're always, always going to run into issues when you have students or athletes start to, to grow and become their own superstar. Let's even like maybe ego is not even an issue, right? Mm, ego branding. aside, but yeah, branding, right? And they get to a point where, they go, let's say you and I were, you know, Craig Jones, for example, like we were in that position. Let's just swap places with that person. And you go, well, would I go open a Danaher death squad or would I open, a, you know, a Kieran death squad or a Adam death squad? Like you get to a point where you think, well, if anyone's name is going to be in the title, like it should be my name. Yeah. Right. Um, and it happens all the time. Right. Oh, another more recent example is let's look at Cabrinha, right? And his son, Kennedy. So, you know, all of a sudden you'll have like 
a time will come where Kennedy probably doesn't want to wear a a Cabrinha patch. He'll start being like, oh, that's my dad. You know, like I want my name. Right? Like you see, you look at like active blue purple belt competitors. They've got their own name blasted all over their gi, right? Like whether you want to call it brand it, branding, marketing, self-promotion, right? Um, so you get to a point where your students just, you know, they value their own name and brand more than someone else's. Whereas when you go with a team name like Gracie Baja, Alliance, Atos, something like that, right? It's something bigger than any one individual. I'm not saying you still can't have splits and separation and, you know, from team names, but I'm just pointing out the fact that the fact that it has the word Danaher in it, it's inherently flawed, right? In terms of a brand. I have to, I have to hundred percent agree. Like, and- sorry, sorry to, to cut no, you on. off, Kieran, but just to, to finish off my thought, another example is, when teams then do affiliate under their own name, like you never get superstars um, affiliating under your name, right? So let's say, uh, let's say, okay, like Marcelo Garcia and Cobrinha, they they have some affiliates under them that that operate under that name, but they're people that are fans of them as athletes and competitors and, and they make a gym under that brand and name. But there's no like, it's not like Mateus Deniz, you know, one of Marcelo's key black belts has his own gym called Marcelo Garcia Jiu-Jitsu, right? And then so people start going like, oh yeah, I, I, I train out of Marcelo Garcia Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a brown belt you know, from Marcelo Garcia Jiu-Jitsu and you go, oh yeah, man, awesome. I'd love to train with Marcelo one day. And then the person's like, oh yeah, me too. Oh, what do you mean? I thought you were Marcelo Garcia trained there. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Marcelo Garcia in Germany. Yeah. So you don't, you've never met Marcelo, you know, or another one's like high and Gracie. Oh, I'm a high and Gracie black belt. Dude, he died a long time ago. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, um, so it's just inherently flawed when you have your name in, in the title. Yeah, I have to 100% agree. And I think in Danaher's original post, his first post about the announcement, he he mentioned that explicitly. And, oh, and did he? Yeah, he worded it. Well, in, in, the, in the phrase of like um, how the people, are conf- like the team is conflicted with the branding of the team versus branding of individuals. Yeah. I think honestly, I think that's the biggest reason. And when it comes to branding and media in any industry, but particularly – in jiu-jitsu where let's be honest there's not that much money in jiu-jitsu all of the no, money in terms of a professional sport it's yeah very exactly minimal. there's so there's thousands of people worldwide trying to make a full-time living being a competitor a media producer from jiu-jitsu like let's ignore gym owners for a second because that's mm. actually a product like that's yeah. a tangible service that you're providing yeah but when it comes to like you know the superstars the athletes the media there's not that much money because the sport is just not big enough to support everyone at this point. So there's a scarcity mentality, right? And when you have so many people fighting over such a small pool of money, branding is everything. Yeah, so it's, it's a money issue. Yeah, and it kind of goes – we were talking about it um, – uh, in a previous episode where we talked a bit about trash talking and, yeah. you know, we yeah. talked about MMA and Conor McGregor and that and that people trash talk just as a way to make themselves more marketable and whatnot. And, I mean, it happens in jiu-jitsu as well, right? Like, and so, again, yeah, people value their own name and brand mm. far more than um, 
than the name of someone else, right? And I mean, even even when you're part of a bigger team that has a name that doesn't involve anyone's personal name, yeah, like Alliance or Atos or something, you know, those individuals still market themselves as well, but they, you know, represent that, you know, it's then not seen as a conflict, right? Yeah. Because, you know. They're elevating their own brand. They're associated with the team brand. Therefore, they're elevating both. Exactly, right? But, but in this case, it's it's not quite the same, is it? Yeah. Um, you know, again, obviously I keep referring to Alliance because it's the team that I'm from, right? Oh, really? But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like – if you like Fabio, I mean, back in the early days um, before Alliance existed, it was called um, Master Jiu-Jitsu, which was after Master Jacare. Um, But, you know, like you go to Fabio's gym, there's no, the word Jacare is nowhere to be seen. You go to Fabio's gym, the word Fabio is nowhere to be seen, right? Like it's, you know, because nowadays Fabio's semi-retired, at least from teaching. So like if it was like Fabio Jiu-Jitsu and you walk in there and he's only there teaching one day a month Where's or longevity? something. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so that's a man that actually cares about his team. And well, I mean, like if you if you wanted to, yeah, he wants the to, legacy of the, the legacy team of rather the than team, him right? as an individual. Yeah. yeah. No, right. I, I respect that quite a lot. It's almost as if Jiu-Jitsu competitors – have got ego ego issues. No way. You reckon? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Maybe alliance. Maybe that's why you and I are so bad at competing. Yeah. Because we don't have an ego. Yeah, that's exactly Super right. Humble. My ego is non-existent. <laughs> Very humble. This is the, the humble podcast. Humble jiu-jitsu. Uh, we need a name. Um, so I did have on the agenda today, I did want to talk about the history of Alliance and I, off air, we're talking about this, you know, in preparation for the the episode, talking about the the, the death squad splitting up and everything mm. like that. And then you gave me a, a quick uh, black belt smackdown on, on a history lesson. So like you said, you were like, this is the biggest yeah, thing. Like biggest in my thing ju- yeah. yeah. And you're like, dude, chill. <laughs> this has happened so many times. Chill yeah. out, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, history of Alliance. So, um, uh, you know, in a, in a nutshell, right? Yeah. So Jacare, who Homero Cavalcanti is his name, like, but he's known as Jacare. So when you say Jacare, Jacare. most people think about, uh, Jacare who, I don't know, does he still fight in the UFC? Jacare who, um, no idea. Anyway, there's a very famous jujitsu competitor, Jacare, that had his arm broken by Hodger Gracie uh, in a world okay. title fight. Yep. Um, but Jacare won the fight cause he was up on points and then time ran out. Right. But. Anyway. So it's so, not him. We're not talking no, about this guy. Not him. Okay. No. So Jacare from Alliance is his coach was Holes Gracie. Holes Gracie was like all the way back, like pretty much one of the originals. Like, so do you know who Hickson Gracie is? Yes. So yep. Hickson Gracie is one of the the most famous Gracies. Holes Gracie was Hickson's coach. Oh, wow. Right? Um, so Jacare learned alongside Hickson as well as Fabio did to some degree as well. Like Fabio's told me some funny stories about him training with Hickson. But um Okay, anyway. so just so we got it straight, Hickson he, he was Hickson's coach. Who? Holes Gracie. Yes. Holes Gracie yes. was. Yeah. And so Jacare. we're talking so we have Holes Gracie under Holes Gracie we have Hickson Gracie. Hickson and alongside him Jacare, Jacare and some other Gracies and, and Fabio. Yeah. yeah, and I think above Holes Gracie was just like um Elio and, and Carlos yeah, Gracie, right. like the, 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 the super OGs. originals. Yeah. Super OGs. So Jacare goes back to the times in Rio, like really more or less like was one of the few non-Gracies to be learning with. Right. With so the, what timeline are we talking about? Are we talking 70s, 80s? I don't even know. Uh, dude, I'm trying I to place know, this. Man. Jeez. 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've never memorized the years. Yeah. But anyway, Sorry. so um, <laughs> then uh, Fabio was Jacare's first black belt um, and not long after followed uh, Gigi. Alexandra Paiva is his name, but Gigi. So you've got Jacare, Gigi, and Fabio. And they kind of went their own ways, not because of conflict, but, um, you know, Jacare, they just lived in different areas, right? They just, life goes on. And their own students kept competing against each other in competitions. And they were like, oh man, we, you know, I don't want my students to fight Jacare's students because they're like family. Right. So they made the team alliance in 1993 was when they made right. the team alliance. This is Jacare and Fabio. And Gigi. And Gigi. Okay. Right. So these As three. a way to unify their three schools. Right. Okay. okay. Um, and so that was how alliance was was founded, right? In 1993, it was a way for, for Jacare, Fabio and Gigi to come, to come together. Right. Uh, since then, right, they had, I think it was 2002 was when they had the famous alliance split, right? It was quite a big exodus of the, the highest level competitors, like not only from alliance, but essentially in the world. Uh, they had the, the two main names that they had, I believe. I mean, they had multiple big names. Talking like athlete names? Athletes, yeah, yeah. right. But the two big ones they had were Eduardo Telles and Terere, Fernando Terere. Right. Right. I've heard um, of him. <laughs> yeah. So the other day I was telling Kieran about Terere and he had no idea who I was talking about, which is fine because like it's quite a long time ago. There's people before my time in jujitsu that I unfortunately don't know who they are, you know, and how relevant they were and are. But anyway, uh, Terere particularly was super feared. Like he was, he was regarded as, despite his massive smile on his face and looking like a very friendly dude, was considered more or less like the, the best in the world. Terere was an absolute beast. But um, what happened, right, is there was the IBJJF and to compete with the IBJJF, there was another federation that um, was founded in Brazil and they tried to compete with the IBJJF. And the way that they tried to do that was to offer prize money, right? Whereas even today in 2021, you don't get anything for winning IBJJF competitions. Okay. Um, But yeah, let alone back then. Okay. In the early two thousands. So this other, um, forget what it was called. CBJ confederation, something, something, something. Anyway. So needless to say, they were unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so they started to offer prize money. And there was, a, there was a bit of a split between certain teams and coaches. For example, like uh, Novo Nyal, they, they pretty much stopped competing in all IBJJF competitions, right? They would just com- compete in this uh, confederation competitions to win money. But IBJJF was still by... M- by some or by most people and definitely by, by Fabio um, was considered the, you know, the more, the more respectable organization. And so what happened, right, is there was a competition on the same weekend. There was the, um, there was the Brasileiro de Equipes, which is like the Brazilian teams competition. I actually don't know if this still exists in Brazil. It, while I was living there, this competition still existed. Where This is IBJJF? Yeah. So this okay. was an IBJJF competition and you would have a team 
of athletes. So like Fabio would select, and sorry, I should, it's worth pointing out that even though Jacare is the, like Fabio and Gigi's coach, Fabio kind of became the, the head of the association, right? Like okay. he's, he's pretty much the main guy, the main coach, the, you know, he's really the, the guy at the front of the team. Um, so there was like this, this team competition where Fabio would pick, let's say, his five best blue belts and they would represent Alliance. And Across they, all of the Alliance affiliates in that area, right? Yeah, and you would, and you would fight, you know, the five Gracie blue Baja belts from Gracie Baja or yep. whatever. And you would have that for each belt, right? Yeah, so it would be an honor to even be selected to be put on Fabio's team, right? right. Um, and there was a competition – there was a Brasileiro de Equipes and on the same weekend, but a different day, there was a Confederate competition, right? I think, it, I think, I believe the Confederate competition was on the Saturday and the IBJJF competition was on the Sunday. So, um, Eduardo Tellis, Tedere and all these guys wanted to fight the Confederate competition on the Saturday because it gives prize money, right? And as anyone who competes in jiu-jitsu knows, and, we, you know, we said just before, it's very hard to make money in jiu-jitsu. So, of course, if something's offering money, you want to do that. Fabio told them they weren't allowed. He was like, you can't compete in, a, in this rival organization the day before you're about to fight and represent the team in IBJJF competition, right? You're going to use all your energy in this competition, right? Which makes plus, sense. Plus Anyone that's competed would, would agree with that. Very hard to compete two days in a row. Plus that was like a, the rival organization, right? Um, but they did. They went and com- fought on the Saturday. Ooh, dad would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so Fabio essentially – he didn't kick them out, but they received like a three-month ban or something like that from the team. And then um, – So I these other head coaches, like these these other big dogs, black belts that establish alliance with Fabio. But as you said, Fabio sort of became the leader of the organization. He was the head coach, yeah. the manager, running yeah. you know running the business side of things, I presume. Yeah. He issued a, a three-month ban – as punishment for going against his wishes to f- compete in IBJJF. That's right. And then spicy. Yeah. Like look, Fabio, it's worth pointing out before everyone's sitting here going, wow, Fabio's a prick. <laughs> like, I mean, Fabio's spoken at length about this issue and that, you know, it's, um, you know, not his most fond memory. And, yeah, of course. Uh, Damien Meyer, sorry, that's one of the other people. So a lot of people don't know Damien Meyer is a student of, of Damien Meyer, UFC Damien Meyer is a student of Fabio's as well. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he, it's not one of his fondest memories, right? Mm. So uh, yeah, and he's a very different person now. If you know Fabio personally, you would know he's different today as he was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. We won't judge him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he can kick our yeah, ass. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, so anyway, so... After the three months were up, I can't remember exactly what happened, but, you know, just relationships were sour. Yeah, and of course. So these guys left the team, right? So uh, mainly Eduardo Tellis and Tedere, they left and they made a team called TT, right? Tellis, Tedere. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and Alliance was essentially left with no one. All their big black belts left, right? Because then there were other people who – were, were friends with Tedede or more chummy with Tedede and Tellies and Damien Meyer. Equal big sides basically. Yeah, exactly right. Like what's going to happen with the death squad. Some people will go train with 
Gordon, some with Gary, some with wherever they each go, right? Yeah. Um, so Alliance was left with essentially nothing. And then TT became a really good predominant team, right? And um, they were rather successful. But then after a, a little while, I think it was maybe 2008 or something like that, TT dissolved as a team, right? That was a slightly different reason. Like Tedder had personal reasons and whatever. Um, but, you know, as as that team dissolved, then that went on to create other teams. So, like, you probably don't know this, but under Tedder, you've got black belts like Cobrinha. Oh, no, I knew this. Yeah, <laughs> Cobrinha is a black belt under Tedder that, you know, Cobrinha is more seen as a student of Fabio's and an alliance black belt, but he's a black belt from Tedder. Uh, Andre Galval is as well. Oh, there right? you go. So then after TT dissolved, a lot of students from TT ended up back in Sao Paulo and ended up back training with Fabio. Fabio kind of lucked out. So guys so like- Paulo is, is that where you, that's is that where, where the Alliance tra- gym That's where is. the Alliance okay. headquarters is, yeah. Right. Well, there's, I mean, three headquarters. There's Fabio's gym, Gigi's gym and Jacare's gym. But yeah, okay. Fabio's gym is in Sao Paulo. Right, um, that's right. You know, and he had some other people leave their teams to move to Sao Paulo, we had Bruno Malfassini, Luana Alzogir. So um, he got an influx of really high-level black belts um, quite luckily. But then other athletes went their own way, you know. So from the 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 disperse of the TT team came Atos, came Checkmat, right? And then, you know, Alliance managed to rebound and become incredibly successful. Yeah, right. So- but the original... If we if we go back to look at the original split, why did they split? Man, it's yeah, it's it's egos and when I was talking to Fabio the other day about the the Denaher separation, one of his biggest mistakes and what led to this split is when a team or the head instructor doesn't provide opportunities for the individuals within the team, right? So and this is this is coming from Fabio yeah, through self-reflection. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that and ego, right, results in things like what happened in the early 2000s with Alliance, results in what's happening with the Denaher death squad. Not only is there a problem with the branding of the name, but I would argue as well there's probably, along with personality conflicts and ego, the up-and-comers aren't, probably don't feel they have the opportunity to grow within within that brand, within that team, right? They're probably feeling maybe they're under the the thumb, for lack of a better term, of the 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 head honchos like Danaher, like Gordon right, in Ryan. Their shadow, of course, yeah, maybe. In so their you're not sh- talking. Sorry, just to clarify here, you're not talking. They don't have opportunity to grow their jujitsu because obviously mm. training under the world's best jujitsu, arguably the best in the world, um, for no gi they would have that opportunity. But what you're saying is as an individual, their personal growth in the sport as a whole is being like stifled and limited under the shadow of these really massive names and brands and personalities. Yeah. And this is again, like I think you said it perfectly. A lot of this is self-reflection from, Mm. from Fabio's mistakes and, you know, being the head of, of a team that's been around for, for 30 years, won 12 world titles. You know, he made similar mistakes even when Marcelo and Lepre went their own ways and made their own brands. They stayed under alliance and as time went by, they even came back to Fabio and, you know, expressed the difficulties that they're having ha- running 
teams under their own name opposed to a bigger brand name, right? So this is all all self-reflection and it goes back to what we spoke about at the start. If you were a Danaher Death Squad uh, member, student, or let's say, let's maybe look down the track and when Gary opens his gym, I believe he's opening one in Austin in Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, you, oh, sorry, Gordon Ryan is. Gordon yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry, what did I say? Gary. Gary, sorry. Uh, same dude, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like Gordon's opening a gym in Austin, Texas. I don't know what he's going to name it, but let's say he names it Gordon Ryan Jiu-Jitsu. And the people who come up in five, ten years, once Gordon's got a student who's winning ADCCs and whatever, he's not going to want to open a Gordon Ryan Jiu-Jitsu. He's going to want to open a, insert my name here, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. You know, like because, yeah, the opportunity is limited by the name. And, you know, what happened to Alliance is slightly different because it didn't have that branding issue. But, you know, Fabio obviously tried to maybe control the students a little bit too much, didn't give them the opportunity to make money, to grow, and, you know, hence the really toxic environment and people went their their separate ways. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And the whole time you were mentioning, like, you know, people want their own name. For those that have read uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by, like, the infamous Dale Carnegie, one of the first lines in that book is people like the sweetest sound anyone can hear is the sound of their own name. Oh yeah, I've heard that, that. And that is so true for all of this. This isn't a jujitsu thing. To me, this is like a human psychology thing. People right. want to hear their own name. And then when you add business on top of that, then you add an ego, a very, you know, high ego, arguably sometimes alpha male dominated sport, like high uh, combat sport like jujitsu, it amplifies the problem. Yeah. So that to me, this is textbook psychology. People want to hear their own name, and like you said, thirty years down the track, no one. Once Gordon Ryan retires, and he, no offense to him, but like his name is less prominent. Like it happens to it all. It happens athletes. to everyone, bro. Like yeah, it, like Shesha, for example, he he was a dominating force, and I I literally had to, you know, I, I kept hearing his name in the gym because. You know, you teach a lot of history and everything like that. And to, to your students, I had to like go away and try and find out who this guy Dude, was. Like the spotlight in jujitsu is so fleeting. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's pretty much 99% influenced by whoever's chummy with flow grappling, you know, but like. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like other big names, like Hodger Gracie, mm. right? Like, and I don't know if this was maybe before your. T- before you started training as well. Do you know that Hodger and Bushesha fought? Do you know about that or yes, no? Yes, yes. I, so, I saw that because it was that um, that match was mentioned on the mats in your gym and I went away and YouTube right. it. Yeah. yeah, so for those who don't know, Hodger was long retired. You know, Bushesha essentially took over Hodger's throne. Um, they had one super fight that I think Hodger didn't give Bushesha the respect he deserved and – it was a submission-only match that went the full time limit, but you know, Bushesha more or less dominated. And then a couple of years later, they had another match, and it was just man, Hodger made Bushesha oh, look like a white belt. That's, you that's know? the one I saw. Like it just it, was, it just it really bad. solidified that Hodger is one of, if not the greatest of all time. It, like we're talking the gi, right? I mean, yeah. Death Squad's known for no gi, um, but anyway, like. You're, it's so fleeting, your name. I guarantee you side by side, if you had 
let's ignore no gi for now and keep it gi. Let's say you put two seminars on the same day side by side and you had Hodja Gracie and who's a more current like black belt world champion, like let's say, or maybe not even a world champion, let's say Levi, right, mm-hmm. who's really, um, you know, dominant at the moment. More people will go to Levi's seminar. Of course, there's people that – people who are Levi fans don't even know who Hodger is, you know, it won't be once Gordon's retired and time goes on. Yeah. People would prefer to do a seminar with a purple belt who won a competition and is all over flow grappling than with Gordon Ryan. Like someone like a a blue or purple belt from Daisy, Daisy fresh or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because again, yeah. Cause whoever's got the better media coverage, which mm. essentially means flow grappling, flow grappling have a monopoly on the jujitsu media. So if you're not getting reported on by flow grappling, no one knows who you are, blah, 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 blah. Let me, let me throw a curveball at you. Do you think that this is because of social media? Like these, these older names that you're talking about that's still, you know, that, that are still around, like Bushesh is still obviously around, like he's not actively competing, but he still exists yeah. in, in the jiu-jitsu world, but I have seen nothing of his on social media. He's not active on social media. Yeah, he but doesn't I, have a presence. He's not, you know, yeah. posting YouTube videos. He's not putting his name out there. Like these young, young, active, competitive, hungry athletes. Well, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, maybe social media, but is it due to their personal social media? I don't know. Yeah. Like if you I'm, look at, let's say, for example, some of the big names at the moment, like the entire Daisy Fresh crew, Mick Galval, mm. right? None of these guys I'm aware of because of their individual social media. It's because of flow grappling, right? right? And there's other big names and competitions happening in Brazil, right? Because they have similar lockdown restrictions to the US. None. By, the, by that, I mean none. So there's competitions <laughs> happening in Brazil with other big names like um, – you know, uh, I think like Herbert Santos and Zaki Bayans, Nicholas Marigali, um, and all these other big names, but it's not getting really any coverage from Flow Grappling. Mm-hmm. So people don't know about it. Yeah, I only know a couple of those names because, you know, you have put me onto them. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, sense. is it but due to their individual social media or more just the jujitsu media? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just more a result of the jujitsu media. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. Follow the money. But I think, you know, it's also when we look at the floor in, in the branding of the name, but also like I, I briefly said, not having opportunities for the younger up and comers, right? Let's, even if it wasn't named the Denaher death squad, even if it was just named the, the death squad team, right? Yeah. If you don't provide opportunities, let's say for example, Let's look at you and I, right? Let's imagine you get to a point. Like in my opinion, I the way I treat my students is like it's, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like university. I don't expect my students to be in my gym forever, right? At some stage, you know, let's say hypothetically you do jujitsu for the rest of your life, right? And you never quit and you never move cities or whatever. You might just keep casually being a student at my gym or you might go your own way and, you know, you graduate for lack of a better term and go open your own gym, right? It's like, you know, it's like the the kid leaving the nest, right? Awesome. Okay. Uh, But let's imagine down the track, you get a black belt, you want to open your own gym. Unless I can provide, unless 
there's a, a valid reason for you to open another Alliance gym rather than just your own brand, right? Why, why would you do it? I mean, yeah, there's some loyalty to the team and the team name and you want to like be associated with it. But particularly when you're starting a small business and money's on the line, if, if there can be more money made in you creating a new brand called, you know, whatever, you know, wooden table jujitsu, right? Like whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it, or even if you decide Terrible. to call it, even, <laughs> even if you decide to call it, you know, Kieran jujitsu, mm. if there can be more money made doing that rather than opening an alliance team and paying affiliation fees and everything, like, wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because right? it's your own thing as well. Yeah. And it's your own thing, right? And people, you know, then you're more proud of it. It's your own mm. thing. So you have to provide maybe, you know, opportunity. Yeah. is maybe not the best word, but you need to make the student or the instructor who's going to go open their own gym, make them feel like they're part of it, you know? And, and that's, work culture in general, you know, like if anyone who's had just a regular office job, when, when, when a boss gives you some sort of ownership over a project or something you're working on, you take way more pride in it, you, oh, 100%. Feel, you know, and it's, it's something leadership important. 101. Yeah. Right. And so it's the same thing. If I just say to you, Oh, Kieran, yeah, sick. You're going to go open your other gym, open an Alliance gym. You've got to pay this affiliation fee. And what you get in return is that you're part of Alliance. You'd be like, well, or okay. Adam, hear me out. I could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that money for myself. Yeah. And, you know, and that's really important when you're opening a brand new small business, right? Where a lot of small businesses fail in the beginning and, you know, like that, that whatever it is, that $1,000 affiliation fee a year or whatever, you know, it's a, when you're a small business, it's an overhead. Mm. But if you don't need to pay that overhead, why would you? Yeah. So maybe you know, just speculating the Danaher death squad could have split because of those reasons as well. Like issues with the branding and opportunities for the, the younger athletes. Yeah. And, you know, the, once to, you to start getting into the business in side of it. I think you're right because to add context, Gordon Ryan was talking about, they had an announcement coming up because they were creating an affiliate program mm. under the banner of Danaher death squad affiliates. Yep. And that was obviously going to come with, you know, a, a price tag. They were yep. going to look at um, branching out and effectively selling their name in some fashion. I don't know exactly how that was going to look because they never actually announced it, but you know, that, that, to, that to me right there, that, that was put on hold. That was canceled due to the Danaher death squad splitting up. Is an affiliate program still going to be released out of Gordon Ryan and John Danaher? Absolutely. Is it going to be called the Danaher death squad? No, that's what I think this is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll probably get Gordon Ryan groupies affiliating under it. Like a yeah. lot of, you know, affiliate programs function that way. It's a, a lot of, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, it sounds like I'm ragging on people who affiliate under other people's name. I don't mean to put it as blunt as that, but you know, just to simplify it, it's just, yeah, it's just groupies. You're not going to get all of a sudden, you're not going to get, um, <laughs> well, you would never, I was going to say Andre Galvao because he just came into my head. You're never going to get anyone from Atos <laughs> affiliating under them, but you know, you're not going to get, you know, some big name competitor. Like you're never going to get Keenan Cornelius going like, yeah, I'm going to open a Gordon Ryan jujitsu, right? Yeah, why or, would he? Well, you know, why would he? Yeah. Right. Um, but we'll see what happens with it. If you want to talk about the correct way to affiliate, I mean, 
I think you got to look at it. You got to look at it like a business. You got to take loyalty out of it. Mm. I mean, it's it's a and that's a big problem with the jujitsu culture as well is how much weight people put on loyalty. Don't get me wrong. There's obviously rapport built between instructors and students and training partners and loyalty between you and your team and everything. Of course, I get that. But it, I mean, it is a business unless you're, unless you're a gym owner who is loaded and you're just running the gym essentially as an, as a money sink because you're a millionaire and you don't care or so if Joe Rogan opens the gym. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Or if you're doing it, um, as a sort of, um, a social welfare project that, that happens a lot in Brazil. There's a lot of gyms that are, that are opened as ways to get kids off the street and they're, you know, they oh, that's don't awesome. charge membership and or you know, so there's programs like that. I mean, putting those aside, and it is it is a business, you know, and rapport's built, but at the end of the day, you're charging students for a, a service, right? And you're providing that service. I mean, it's a business transaction, mm. right? Um, so, you know, students sometimes feel like they owe something to their team and their 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 instructor. No, man, you paid your fees and you probably paid up front right? You mm. usually like pay your gym membership in advance, mm. whether, whether weekly, monthly, whatever. So it's actually the opposite. Mm. It's the gym that owes you something, right? They owe you the service. And so then when you, when you expand on that and talk about affiliate programs and like you, you really need to put aside loyalty and all that sort of stuff and look at it like a business. And if you're wanting to do an affiliate program and you're wanting to charge people an affiliation fee, or a franchise fee. And it's, they're two different things, by the way. Like I'm not a business guru, but affiliation. We're getting a business lesson right now. Ads. <laughs> Keep it coming. But I mean, I, I know a lot of this, not only because I'm with Alliance, but I spent pretty much a decade being one of the international managers for the Alliance Association. Um, but there's a difference between a franchise program and an affiliation program, right? It's just worth pointing that out. Franchise, you pay more, get more. Yep, more or less. Um, Affiliate, you essentially take the name. Kind of, yeah. And you're more on your or own, less. right? Yeah, sort of, yeah. So the the two main ones that are known is like Gracie Baja. They're like a franchise yes. business model. Alliance. Like McDonald's. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say that they're, they're a McDojo or anything, but, but yeah, I'm just trying to say Mc, McDonald's is a franchise similar to how Gracie Baja is a franchise. Yeah, like if you open a Gracie Baja, you have – way more rules and yes. everything you Obligations. need to follow. Yeah. You pay more for your fees, yes. but you also get more support and like stuff like that. Like they give like you that. the program, they they give you all the branding, yeah. like they support you in that and way. And an affiliation program, to put it simply, you, you pay a little less, you get a little less. Okay. But anyway, if you're wanting to make an affiliation franchise scheme business model, it, it is business. So if I'm going to charge you, $1,000 a year or a hundred bucks a month, whatever it is for you to be part of my affiliation, you're going to say to me, what do I get for that money? Mm. And if I say to you, you get to use the name Alliance or you get to use the name Gordon Ryan. I mean, look, things are worth whatever people are willing to pay for it. Right. So you might go awesome or you might go, uh, no, right. Like, mm. I mean, you've got to give me something for your money. Mm. Right. And so Alliance, for example, has, um, you know, they help with social media posts and, um, and instructors courses and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Gracie Bahad provide, 
you know, curriculums that you have to follow and whatever. But, you know, so if Gordon and Danaher are doing that model, it may be very successful, right? If they name it appropriately, if they give it the correct brand and don't name it after an individual person, I think that's the big, first biggest mistake. Yeah. If they name it correctly, call it whatever, even if it's just death squad jujitsu, right? Yeah. Call it whatever and they actually provide you something for the fee that you're paying, cool. Then it might be super successful and go on to become, you know, one of the biggest, most dominant teams. Yeah. Yeah. I have to. And I, and I hope it does, you know, like the more competition, the better, right. You know, I, I, I hope it does turn into that time will tell, right. We'll see. Yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. And I think it's really good to hear from your perspective as someone that's done this, you know, someone that is, involved in business and jiu-jitsu because at the end of the day, like I said, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this whole thing is about business and it's about money. So yeah. to have that insight, I think, uh, I think we, you know, we don't need to know about the juicy goss of like, Oh, who's, you know, who said what or whatever. I think, yeah, this can be boiled down to a business decision. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, you know, I mean, you said it a million times today, follow the money. It's yep. always about money. Mm. And you know, you're the, the death squad, I said at the start, it's like six dudes, right? <laughs> it's not only six dudes, besides Gordon's recent retirement, like it's six, seven, ten, whatever. It's a small group of active competitors. I know there are more people in the team than that. There's obviously because there's more other people in the team that train with those guys. It's not literally just those six dudes in a room training together. But, um, you know, the, the key guys, it's a small group of people, they're active competitors. It is very hard to be an active combat competitor and an instructor at the same time, let alone not only just an instructor, but someone who runs a gym. Yeah. It's very hard to do that at the same time. Um, not to go into too much of a ramble about it. But, you know, if you're an active competitor, you're wanting to be the best in the world, you have to have some level of, you have to be a little bit selfish, right? Your your training comes first. Mm. Whereas when you're an instructor, first. If, if you want to, yeah, if you want to be a good instructor, your student's training comes first, mm. right? And so it's, it's hard to do both those things. So I suppose in, in the case of Gordon Ryan and others, time will tell if they're successful in that, if Gordon does stay retired and uh, and he does become, you know, a, a very effective instructor or if, um, you know, he brings someone else in or maybe it will just sort of crumble. Yeah, look, I mean, I think, I think Gordon is a good instructor. You know, I've mm. seen, you know, his some of his instructionals and, and stuff. I think and, yeah. he explains things well, yeah. you know. Um, very succinct. Yeah, he comes from a very good coach, mm. right? So if he tries to emulate that, why wouldn't he be successful? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of Fabio's uh, students who have gone on to open gyms. Like try yourself. To, like myself, try to emulate the way he teaches and Fabio's been proven as, you know, the best, uh, at least, you know, if we're talking about Guy, before the death squad came along, the best instructor, you know, the Freddie Roach of the of the jiu-jitsu world. So I don't see there's any reason why Gordon won't be successful. It's just whether he correctly does the, the business side of things. Because mm, be there's a lot of other things, man, you could be a great instructor in terms of how you teach and run your class. But what if your gym's one of those, yeah, toxic ones where you control your students with fear or yeah, like we're talking about last episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, where you don't let your students train with their friend who trains at another gym or, you know, um, 
So many was, things that can go uh, wrong. There's so many the things. Like there was a in in the Sydney lockdown last year, there was a gym here. Definitely not mentioning names, but you know there was a gym that let's imagine they were one of the best instructors in the world, right? Hypothetically, during the lockdown, they they provided no content no like lockdown as in you couldn't do anything right no group training outdoors nothing right they provided no online content or interaction for their students during the lockdown and expected their students just to keep paying their membership fees right and didn't offer anything in terms of after the lockdown we'll give you this to compensate nothing not only that students who went to the gym owner and said oh man like I I lost my job or whatever it was I, I can't keep paying the I can't keep supporting the the gym during the lockdown because I've lost my job and you know food mm. rent <laughs> you know um, their response was yeah no worries I'll cancel your payments but post lockdown when you want to come back and train the your joining fee will be equal to the amount of money you didn't pay during lockdown if you want to rejoin the gym. Now, um, like, you could be Gordon Ryan, you could be Fabio, you could be Andre Galval, Danaher, one of the best coaches in the world. But then if that's, like, if you have policies like that at your gym, yeah. dude, that's, I mean, for me, that's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. If you're an egomaniac and you can't manage people, you're not a real leader and you can't manage the business side of house, because there's a whole nother rabbit hole in, yeah. in, in terms of that, which we sort of touched on. Then, but, you yeah, know. so there's a lot, a lot of different factors that come in come to come into being successful as a, a brand and a business in any industry, let alone jujitsu. So, yeah. And I mean, I wish Gordon all the best apart from me not having a lot of tolerance for his online persona. I've never <laughs> met him personally for all I know. He's a super lovely dude. Um, you know, we'll have to bring him onto the podcast. Yeah. yeah I'm sure he's, he's frothing to get on here. <laughs> yeah. um, Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I wish him nothing but the best, you know, I, as a jiu-jitsu, as someone who lives through jiu-jitsu, makes their living through jiu-jitsu and a, a fan of jiu-jitsu, the, I'm just stoked to see other people be able to make a living yeah. in the sport. Like the more the merrier, right? Yeah, that's so awesome. If, if Gordon opens a gym and he's successful and he has a cool affiliate program, great. All the other people from the Denaher squad who have gone their own separate ways, I hope they're successful and – well, when they do establish in Austin, we should do a road trip. Yeah, why not? It's a short drive, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Shit. Who knows when so we can? The bridge. Who knows when we can internationally travel again yeah. on our big little island down here in Australia? As soon we'll as see. we can, uh, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu trips abroad. Are on well, top I know. Of I want to go to Brazil. Yeah, there's We're plenty of students who would love to do a trip with me back to well, the Alliance I'm, I'm headquarters in. in Brazil. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, Imagine that having a, a squad of us go over to oh, do do a perfect. bit of a whatever it is two three week camp. It'd be a lot of fun. Traveling podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think we'll leave it there for for this episode. Um. But yeah, that that makes that makes sense. I'm really glad we we're able to talk about not only the the whole like big news um and, and cover that topic, but you know also talk about how this this has happened before in history and what we can learn from that. So it'll happen again as well, man. Yeah, of course. Like, you know. It could happen any day, like maybe maybe uh, Kynan or, or Hulk have a blowout mm. with, with Andre Galvan when they leave Atos. Like, oh, man, it happens. It happens all the time. Keenan yeah. left Atos due to personality clashes. Like, 
Keenan will have students one day that leave, like, him, you know, yeah. and even Fabio having learnt everything he's learnt, there's still, you'll always have people, no matter what you provide them, mm. will choose to go their own way. Yeah, I mean, and you can yeah, look at yeah. that as a positive thing and it's expanding the sport. Yeah. Um, I, next episode we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, we've just had the, the Tokyo Olympics. Yes. Uh, which have in terms of combat sport they've had for a long time, like judo, karate, taekwondo. Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> wrestling, boxing. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, why isn't jiu-jitsu in the Olympics? Find so, out why. Yeah, find <laughs> out why, yeah. Find out. Uh, we'll talk our opinions as mm. I think it's, for me, it's very straightforward why it's not an Olympic sport. We'll talk about that. Um, so if that interests you, stay, stay tuned. tuned.